Stephen, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Pleasure. It's, ni it's, nice, it's nice to actually meet you as well. <laughs> I think we've chatted over a couple of tweets and things like that, but never uh, never properly in, in person. So yeah, welcome. You look much, much less apish in person. Uh, than <laughs> a lot of people do say that. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been... Some sometimes depending on what time of the morning or what time of the night it is, I, I don't mind going on stream. But Jesus, Jesus Christ, I don't look, I don't look the best in the morning. So, <laughs> got to keep that PFP up there. <laughs> so, um, I can bring up. We can share this, share the screen uh, as soon as we start getting into it. But what? How did it start for you? I mean, um, I've sp spoke about previously buying some of the most uh, embarrassing projects that were on Coinbase at the time for me in early 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. But how, how did it start and how's it, how has it got to this point? Uh, that's an excellent question. I mean, like the, the true start of my interest in, in Bitcoin probably started in college, as many people's interest did with, you know, the Silk Road and me being like a philosophy and English major. Uh, you could sort of see where that goes. And I was like, ooh, Bitcoin's $65 today. And then I was like, why is it $175 the next day? I don't understand this. I'm just using this to do, you know, anyways, a few years later, I got back into crypto investing, uh, maybe 2017, where I think like the first wave of, of people sort of came in. Uh, when Ethereum came out, I think that was, there was a lot of excitement. That's sort of what drew me into to crypto was Ethereum, like this idea of, of decentralized applications. That was really cool. Uh, and so I sort of rode that wave up. And I mean, I didn't make a ton of profit because I was super poor. Um, and then I, I left after the crash. Uh, I think I did decent on like one ICO. Those things were super hot back then. And I sort of <laughs> just sort of forgot about crypto for a couple of years. Uh, and then I got back into it. I think when Ethereum was at 700, it was on the other wave back up. Um, I think this was right after the COVID crash. And things got really bullish really fast as the Fed just decided mm. they were going to give everybody a ton of money. Uh, so that was really good for crypto. And so I got it at 700 and, you know, I tried trading terrible. You know, I didn't know anything about TA. Yeah. I didn't know anything at all about what I was doing. I was just throwing money at stuff. Uh, and I was a teacher at the time. Um, then I fell into uh, strong block. Someone was like talking about nodes and I was like, ah, okay, cool. I'll, I'll throw money at this. It's sustainable. It's better than trading. It locks my money up so I can't touch my money. Uh, that's good. Cause <laughs> I was trading and I was terrible at it. So I was like, sure, I'll, I'll throw money at this thing. It's locked up. I can't touch it. It's making, you know, like 300% APY. That seemed reasonable at the time. You know, I saw Hydra on KuCoin was making like 200. Uh, so I didn't know what was going on. I don't understand hyper, hyperinflationary tokenomics. And Strongbook <laughs> ended up doing really, really well for a long time after that. Clearly, it's not doing well anymore. Uh, but that gave me enough income to quit my job, um, which was really good nice. because we had a, a philosophical disagreement. And so I started making uh calculators because i wanted to be able to project my income from these passive income projects and i mean you know what it hurts me to say this but at one point in time when i was first learning about decentralized finance uh my buddy was like you know just buy this token it's called the uh, no it was reddit there was someone on reddit shilling shiba and this was you know they're like it's the e ethereum version of doge and i was like okay cool you know i'll, I'll throw some money at it and it got me into uniswap and i was like I don't know how to use a wallet. I have to download an application on my, and this was this back magic? when she was, I know this was back when she was market cap was like, I don't know, uh, maybe 750,000. And wow. I mean, I would have been a 
multi-millionaire for a thousand dollars uh so you know needless to say i understand the value of doing a little bit of extra work to get that yield uh and so i made calculators people liked them i started selling the calculators that did pretty well um, i started making youtube videos because i didn't like explaining how to use the calculator to every single individual person so i'm like i'm just gonna make a video to show them and i can just send them the link and people liked the videos i did my very first farm uh, and then I was like, okay, everyone should be farming because farming is amazing. I'm getting 2000% for staking a token called fish or guppy or something. And I was like, <laughs> it's just printing money for me. It's amazing. Again, I had no understanding of tokenomics. I had no understanding of like hyperinflationary, uh, tokenomics or, you know, the way in which these things worked. So I was doing videos about this and that. And I think one of my, one of my very first videos was actually on osmosis. And that was, you know, kind of actually a pretty decent protocol. Uh, yeah, but sure. But anyway, so what, you know, I started doing videos what, and doing videos, and as I learned, go ahead. What what ch what chain were you kind of? Did you kind of primarily cut your teeth on? Did like what where where were you starting out? Ethereum, to... definitely. So it was yeah. Ethereum, um, and then like uh, Polygon. So Polygon was with um, Guppy, which was the very my very very first farm uh, that I ever got into, and then after that, I just went multi-chain. I was like, I want to explore everything because this stuff is so cool. Uh, you know, and then Olympus Dow came out and that was really cool. Uh, and then the fork season came and that was much less cool. But by by the time fork season came, I started to say, hey, wait a minute, where is this money coming from? And, uh, you know, that's when I started to realize like, OK, these things are hyperinflationary. And unless the market cap increases, people aren't actually making money. Uh that sort of hit me and I was like, oh, okay, we got to look into this a, a much different way. Mm. And so, you know, I definitely matured a few different times uh, and got hit a few different times. And, you know, you learn by hard knocks. I, I've paid so much tuition. I'm probably a doctorate of DeFi now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I, I've, said, I've said this a million times to people before. It's like, you can read as many cards, you can watch as many YouTube channels, you can, you can, you can do every kind of traditional learning experience, but you need to go and get your hands dirty. And I think particularly yeah. with these kind of cheaper chains and um, much more kind of user-friendly with regards to throughput and speed and transaction fees and things like that, you can you don't need an awful lot. You can take $50 or even less mm -hmm. than that to kind of the likes of your Avalanche, like your Metis and, and places like that. And you, you can experiment on uh, money markets, a DEX, how to add liquidity, yield optimizer. You can do all that jazz and you don't need an awful lot of money. Um, but yeah, where, where, what's your stance on kind of the yield farming opportunities at the minute? I know, I know you're going heavily into this. I've seen you with the community calls with Umami. Those guys are doing yeah. some, some really good work there. And are you, are you beginning to pick up on the real yield movement? Because <laughs> there's an awful lot of that out there at the minute. And it's, I think it's a lot more sustainable, funnily enough. <laughs> is, is the real yield movement like uh, effectively focusing on transaction fees and sort of what I call organic yield uh, as opposed to these hyperinflationary tokens? Yeah, so I've, actually, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And yes, like the real yield is, is certainly like we're getting paid to provide a service. That's where the yield is coming from. Either we're providing liquidity or we're providing in some cases like funds for insurance. If you use like insurance or stick with one of those, uh, but effectively like, or if you're on GMX or something, providing liquidity mm -hmm. for, for liquidators, uh, stuff like that, that's great because you're getting paid for providing a service and that's the way it should work. Um, at the same time, like if you have an auto aggregator or, or, you know, yield aggregator, like, like beefy, that's going to, 
scoop up all of these farms. You know, Velo is an example right now that has really good incentives. Uh, or Radiant. I don't know if you guys, you know, Radiant just came out yesterday. Incentives are crazy high. Um, if there's an auto aggregator that's going to take those incentives and compound them in for me, so I'm going to get a slightly higher yield than if I was getting just the organic yield, uh, you know, I don't mind that. I think that's perfectly fine. It's a way that these AMMs or DEXs or, you know, small little farms can incentivize people to come and put liquidity there, which makes them money. Uh, and so it's okay. You know, I don't like going to the farm itself and then getting the farm token and having to sell that. That's a sort of a bummer. Uh, mm-hmm. But I understand these governance tokens. I get that they work. And honestly, if we're willing to go a few more steps and sell these governance tokens compound back into our initial or just take profits off of them, uh, we'll end up making more than if all the yields were organic. So Mm -hmm. I still advocate and teach like know where yields come from, know what percent of your yield is is coming from fees and what percent of it is coming from some sort of hyperinflationary or hyper emitted uh, token. But once you know that, then you can make an informed decision. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're getting these token emissions, please sell them. Don't hold on to them. They're <laughs> inflationary. They're all, they all look at every single chart, right? Every single chart you can find of an, a, a hyperinflationary governance emission. It just goes, it goes up on launch and then it's like straight down after people start claiming 100%. their rewards and selling them off. And, you know, people try to get sneaky about this. I'm not going to name any protocols in specific, but they'll say, <laughs> you know, you get this vested to you over 90 days or vested over a year. Well, what does that mean? You just have a ton of future sell pressure building up and building up and building up. That's an explosion waiting to happen. Uh, you know, if you can short these things, fantastic. But otherwise, that token's going to zero in the future instead of zero tomorrow. It, you know. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember seeing your one of your videos maybe a couple of months back now, and it was you guys were looking for on-chain opportunities to be able to short uh, farm tokens, and there, I think there might have been a few on. Aurora, uh, maybe a bit, a little mm-hmm. bit further afield Metis, as well, but I think yeah. One too. yeah, I think that was a that was a, a genius idea, obviously. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand. And I think you've been digging down into this now by how how to use money markets and lending and borrowing to actually um, perform these shorts on chain. So, mm-hmm. um, what? So as you said you were a teacher previously, and obviously that lends itself extremely well to <laughs> your content. Is there always been this kind of have you always found it easy to take extremely complex and intricate um, kind of what would you even, um, processes and try and distill them down into a way that everyone can understand? What what kind of age groups was it that you were teaching? And do you think that's obviously led you led you to where you are now? I taught high school philosophy. So if you can't take an abstract concept and dumb it down for uh, a group of students and like there, there, it was international. So I worked on an international school. My students would be like, um, I don't know, Italian, Nigerian, Spanish. They'd be from all over the world. And so mm-hmm. not only was there sometimes a language barrier, though most of my students were, were close enough to fluent, uh, but also there's like an ADHD barrier. You have to get to them. You have to get to them quick. Um, I'm not saying I'm great at explaining things, but I've had a lot of practice. I also have toddlers running around that you know are mine and i have to communicate with them (laughs) so getting things fast and simple works also that's the way i like to learn uh i get Mm -hmm. super bored super fast so if someone's explaining something and going through all of the details and all the technicals you're gonna lose me i I just want to know what's actionable and like what the biggest red flags are so tell me what the biggest warning signs are tell me what to do and then i'll make my own informed decision and that's sort of how i like to teach that doesn't mean I always know what all the red flags are, but I do my best to give 
the most actionable information that I can because that's what I think people want. Uh, if you want to learn about blockchain, there are plenty of videos about that. If you want to learn about like the technical specifications of each thing, sure. Uh, I build calculators for that stuff. And then, you know, I teach what I believe is simple uh, and actionable information. Yeah, I, I can completely uh, agree with everything you just said there. The, the calculators are excellent. They're so intuitive um, for a Google Sheet for anyone can kind of use online. And um, I think you guys have been going pretty pretty heavy on the kind of explain to people how to properly utilize hedges on chain and try to draw yield in that way. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's an area that's completely underutilized or people are completely unaware of it as even being a as even being a structured product or even a thing this is, in DeFi? This is a, yeah, this is a great question. There are a lot of like almost secret places in DeFi where there's a ton of yield that's untapped. And mm -hmm. I struggle with thinking, oh, okay, once I find that out, like, should I just expose it and say, hey, everyone go over here and find this yield? Or like, should I keep it and like slowly share it with the people who are, you know, in the Discord or things like that. Uh, but at the same time, like conceptually, I will teach all the concepts I know because I think conceptually, I want a smarter space. Uh, Carolina Keats says all the time, we just want to make people smarter. That's it. If we have smarter, more intuitive investors, good things will happen in this space, right? Mm -hmm. It's good for the markets overall, good for the macro. So like, you're totally right. Uh, I think people were underutilizing hedges dramatically. Um, I hope that I was one of the catalysts for people in DeFi understanding what funding rates are. Uh, it took me a while to understand them myself, but I knew a lot of really, really clever people who were hedging off chain. And I didn't mm -hmm. quite understand how. I didn't understand perps because I wasn't doing CFI. I was all in DeFi. I was like, I don't need to learn about perpetuals because that's like yeah. trading. That's, you know, finance. I don't care about that. <laughs> then I realized you could hedge something with half the capital and not need to use a money market and maybe even get paid to do it. So get paid to hedge your delta. And I was like, okay, time for me to learn. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, I learned about funding rates. And now what I'm doing is I'm, I'm sort of looking at every single perpetual protocol in DeFi and trying to scan and take their funding rates and see where can I arb these funding rates reasonably for a decent APY. Uh, and that's sort of where we're at right now. Like the, the more you learn about this space, it, it's, I don't know, it's like the matrix, right? You start to see things in a totally different way. You start to see mm -hmm. opportunities where you wouldn't have seen opportunities before. Uh, so now when I see a yield on, let's say, I don't know, SNX or something, it's like 50%. I'm like, okay, I don't want exposure to SNX. You can't borrow SNX but you can short it on KuCoin. So I yeah. can go short SNX on KuCoin or go short SNX on MEXC and then get this 50% yield. And I, I'm delta neutral getting a decent yield. Uh, so you know opportunities that I never would have considered before are now popping up. Um, I think using money markets to hedge is oftentimes better. I made a calculator specifically comparing money markets and uh, perpetuals. And you can you know enter the leverage, enter the LTVs, all that stuff. And it will tell you which is better for you. Uh, in that specific scenario. And uh, yeah, we're definitely getting more nuanced. And I'm excited because I know that there are so many more things I don't know yet that when I find out, there will be even more opportunities that, that we can find um, and explore and get yields from. So uh, yeah, I do think people are underutilizing hedging. I do think people are under, certainly underutilizing the mixture of CFI and DeFi because um, there's so much to be gained from that. Uh, mm -hmm. And I hope that people will start to learn these concepts so that better protocols get built. Because one thing you learn is that devs don't know everything. Devs can be really smart and have a lot of good ideas, but these 
the broader their scope of understanding, the better protocols we're going to have. Uh, so I want this whole space to get smarter. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's perfect. Yeah, there's there are as you said, there are these secret little pockets, and I'm completely torn. I understand what you're saying there. We've got we've got a, a reasonably sized community in there as well. It's like, hmm, <laughs> do I pass this on? <laughs> and yeah, we uh, definitely I think diluted our own, own yields before. Yeah, I think um, Messi and Artie um, say it best where they say, um, don't let people shit in your pool. <laughs> so if you find it, find a good uh, find a good pool, don't let people come along and shit in it. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's only it's only it's only so long until the cat gets out of the bag, isn't it? And, and people right, exactly. And... and like, do you want to be the person who was hiding that the whole entire time, and other person lets it out, or do you want to be the person who lets it out and hopefully explains it the best and, and gives all the the proper risks? Another thing we can think of is there are scalable strategies, and that's that's another thing that I find really interesting. Um, one of them, for example, is like Adam, right? Uh, everyone knows Atom. It's it's sort of the backbone of the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, everyone knows you can stake Atom, which is really cool, and it has one of the highest validation yields ever. However, the high validation yields make it a little bit inflationary and you know are, are going to put inherent sell pressure on it. Uh, well, now we know you can hedge against Atom, which is really nice. So this is, I think, pretty scalable because it's Atom. It's, it's like you can put... 100 million TVL in there, and you're not really going to change the yield of the Atom, Atom validation. So, Atom validator, hedge on MEXC, you're getting paid 8 to 10% on MEXC to be short on Atom. You're getting paid 20% uh, on a validator to get to, to validate on Atom. Um, like those kind of strategies excite me because not mm -hmm. only are they scalable, but like they're for everybody. Anyone can go out and do that um, as long as you, you understand you have to lock up Atom for 21 days, I think. Uh, but, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's it is interesting as as a space evolves. I think the the only issue I have, and I think I think you're helping massively, and I think we're we're trying to do our our bit with our our guides and articles as well. Is which are amazing, by the way. Thank you, thank you. the The point is, is this the space moves so quickly, and as as you say, we're we're kind of learning on the job as 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 well. It's like no, the the idea behind the site was like I looked at DeFi and I said. Well, this thing's this thing's a baby. This thing's brand new. It's less than less than a year old when I started dabbling. I was like, if someone wants to be an industry leading expert in this, if they put enough time in, they can be because nobody is an expert in this stuff yet. So you have to kind of yeah. move move with the times. And the problem is because of the rate of which the industry is developing. Let's if you think back to like 2015, 2016, 2017, 99% of people all they were doing is getting onto an exchange. Loading some, loading some funds up and, and buying something and holding it on an exchange. Mm -hmm. Best practice would have been to transfer to a, to a hardware wallet. But if you come into the space now and you start talking about, I don't know, if the first thing you would show someone was mm -hmm. <laughs> Olympus DAO or Wonderland or something like that, it, it just yeah. completely blows the mind. From, from the process of getting on chain, MetaMask, why do I need to pay gas? Do I get a refund when my transaction fails and all this? So the barrier to entry is seemingly getting higher and higher, whereas mm -hmm. the inflow of people doesn't seem to be catching up with that knowledge. So I think what you what you guys are doing is providing, a, one, the easy digestible content to do that, but then also you've kind of got this community support desk, if you think about it that way, like a completely global yeah. community support desk, the Discord. So... How, how did the Discord come about? Were you sick of getting 
the same questions all day every day because <laughs> i know that's how i always yeah. thought <laughs> uh yeah now i can just outsource the questions to, to them because it's also smart <laughs> i mean honestly like i am not nearly the smartest person in that discord i don't even know if i make the top 50 that that discord blows my mind sometimes really clever people in there uh like humbled to be around those guys sometimes but yeah so the, the discord effectively started because i had a telegram group and it's almost embarrassing to admit this it, the telegram group was called the strongest olympians a mixture of like strong and olympus uh because olympus dow didn't have a telegram group so i was like i'm gonna make one and then they were like they messaged me and they're like oh we have one already it just has like five people in it and i was like well i'm gonna change the name <laughs> of mine and i'm gonna make something different and so that sort of became our alpha group it was just a bunch of us who were in strong and olympus and then we just started looking for stuff and we came we became really close uh but then someone was like you just gotta make a telegram just make a tell make or make a discord and so we made a discord and then we just started growing the community and then people in my Patreon really wanted a Discord. They wanted a place where they could talk to each other. And I was like, okay. And so eventually the Discord from that Telegram group became the de facto Discord for the Patreon. And now it's just totally changed into its own sort of, uh, I don't even know what Beast. you call it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a think tank uh, training center. Like you can go in there. Any level question you have, you can ask it. Someone's going to answer it. Um, it may even be me. I'm on there all day uh, answering questions. And I love it because it makes me smarter. It makes them smarter. I want to have the smartest community in DeFi. Like that, that is my mission statement. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a giant think tank. We're all learning together. Um, you know, you'll find yields in there. People are discussing them. If a bad yield comes in, you know, if someone says like, join Rug Fork 5000. Uh, <laughs> People aren't going to be mean. Like they're going to say, "Okay, what are the tokenomics? Where's the yield coming from? Who is the dev team? Is there not it?" And they're going to help you understand why that's a bad yield. They're not going to be mean to you. And I think that's one of the coolest things about the Discord. It is like the most civil place that's not like faking civility. It's just people want to be there and they want to learn and they want to make money uh, and they want to do it in like a respectful way. So, yeah, it it total fluke that it even came about because it was meant to be like a pretty degen like alpha uh place and it, and it turned into just like this really warm-hearted place of learning and and you know sharing that's um that mean, i think that means you've got the right kind of people around you in, in discord because i've seen some absolute shit shows <laughs> and um as long as everyone's kind of aligned on the same kind of goal and everyone's there for the right reasons i mean it could have quickly turned sour in, and I'm sure it did in a lot of discords with when everything started going, everything started going to shit. But yeah, that's, um, I think that's a testament to like how it's been cultivated, um, from, from the get go. So it's, I mean, there are some disastrous discords and telegrams out there where people are literally throwing shit at each other all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel isolated from that. Um, I have great mods. I gotta, gotta give them credit, uh, and just good community members. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, good. bunch of good people. I think we had one one person came in there was really upset. I don't know if this was like after Beanstalk imploded. Uh, I still feel bad about that. Or maybe it was USD, who knows? And they came in there and they were just like being so mean. I, did, I listened to them. I was like, okay, tell me why you're mad. All right, I get it. Uh, you know, let's walk through this. And then I, I broke down every, every one of their questions and I did my best to answer them. And by the end, they were like, you know, thank you. I think I'll stay around here and, and hang out. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely yeah. a vibe. Um, and I hope that other communities can can foster the same thing. I mean, I got to say, if you go to Taiki's community, you're going to find a lot of good stuff too. Like, uh, shout out to the OG. He, he's one of the people who got me into uh, DeFi and he's got a really good community as well. 
Yeah, Taiki's excellent. I might try and see if we can jump, get him on here. Obviously, he's be very busy. He's searching for that yield all day, every day. That guy. <laughs> so, just yeah. uh, not to bring up, not to bring up a sauce sauce subject, but oh, we're we're heavily affected by UST or Beanstalk. Uh, not by UST. I had only a little exposure in in Aperture. Um, the Terra chain just wasn't really big. It wasn't doing. I mean, it had a lot of exciting things on the horizon, especially with the Forex that I was super interested in getting into uh, when that sort of came on because I was excited about getting yields on other synthetics uh, and other, um, you know, non-US synthetics. Uh, but Beanstalk, yeah, I mean, that took out 20% of my portfolio. So, and like I share my portfolio with with everyone in the in the Discord. So like having a 20, like a negative 20% overall immediately, uh, it's not a great look as a person who, who you know, owns a Discord. So that sucked. It hurt. Um, people in my Discord got hurt even worse. I mean, and that was tragic. I think. Uh, so I do like one-on-one -on -one video chats with with people who pay at a certain tier, and uh, it was a mixture between like therapy and just getting yelled at for <laughs> like a week or two. And I totally understood it um, because I got I was blindsided. I saw that Halberton audit, and I was like, okay, if Halberton's audited this thing, the tokenomics. Uh, makes sense. I understand the tokenomics. I, I understand what the risks would be to where I should exit the position. I had places that were my like stop loss, uh, like how much under peg then I would take out my money. And so everything in, it made sense to me. I thought I understood all of the risks, um, but we learned a lot in the following month. I mean, it was Beanstalk. It was Elephant Money. It was UST, like in a succession of a month. And so, you know, we're we're not into algo stables anymore, if you're, if you're wondering. And I think, you know, we all collectively grew from that. UST was what the largest loss of capital in the, in the history of crypto, mm -hmm. maybe even larger than Mt. Gox. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it was dark. It was rough. Um, I lost a bunch of people on Patreon because, uh, you know, people just didn't have money. I got a lot of people apologizing, saying, like, I'm sorry, I have to cancel. I'm like, just... I understand if you're not making money here, please leave. Like yeah. the whole purpose of this is to be a, a, a positive a net gain for you. Um, and yeah, it, it was rough. It sucked, but we, I mean, like the amount that we've grown from that uh, has been amazing. I got a shout out to, to Mara in the discord. He is like, the, he is my entire risk team. Uh, he's like, Steve, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Steve, no, no, no. Like they don't have enough audits. They don't have a they don't have a security advisor on board at all times. Like he, every single thing, he's like, ah, just hold up. Uh, so you know, even though I have definitely toned down my risk tolerance, um, you can probably see that in my videos now. I don't really talk about any protocols unless they're pretty vanilla. Uh, Mara is always there. He's like the angel on my shoulder, saying, ah, just, just hold up. You know, let's think about this for a second. And and so you know, huge shout out to him. Uh, yeah. So I have a really good mod team um, and I, I couldn't do it without them. Yeah. I think when everything's so shiny and yields are so like large in the space, having someone like it's that, just be, come on, like range, range you back in. I think, uh, yeah, I need, I need to get one of those because everyone else just kind of encourages me all the opposite, opposite, opposite end. <laughs> I've just got lots of yeah, devils you have the, you have the devil, shot. exactly. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, um, so with let's let's get into the let's get more into the the discord um let me bring up there was a recent thread that you put out i think it might be a pinned bear with me while i get over to it so oh, yeah, take your time. 
So yeah, DeFi Dojo, excellent name. And the tiers are are they belts? Yeah, yeah. So there are belts. Um, I do have a three-year-old trying to get into this room. He should be sleeping right now. So if he comes in, I apologize. Uh, no problem. No problem. Go to bed, David. Um, the so so the belts are actually uh, those are all meritocratic. So you have to earn your belts, and that's regardless of if you're in the free section or in the paid section. Actually, if you're in the free section and you become a black belt, which means you're like a DeFi power user, you're teaching people on a daily basis, you're clearly like in the top one to two percent of DeFi users. You get everything for free. You get the entire premium Discord for free because you are clearly an asset to this Discord. Um, so do keep that in mind. The belts are just completely meritocratic. Uh, and like, yeah, those are all the channels in the free Discord that you can look at. Um, the paid Discord has a bunch of other channels. It has premium videos, has strategy guides. So like we're just releasing strategy guides on how to do like Delta Neutral staking, how to airdrop farm Delta Neutral with perpetuals, how to do uh, liquid staking loop um, on money markets, or you can hedge your Delta on, on with perpetuals. Uh, we're doing a whole, but, uh, and you'll get all those strategy guides individually, as well as some premium videos, uh, as well as access to builders. So in our discord, we have, I don't know, like 12, maybe even 14 devs from pretty high, uh, high profile protocols. Um, like we're talking to Hubble on Thursday, but you have AMAs. We do community calls every Thursday. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we, just, we talk to teams, they hang out, they, they answer, which is the, it, it still like gives me. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't confuse me or throw me off. But whenever I see like the devs from, you know, Aperture or or Friction just sort of hop in and say, you know, talk to us, it's uh, it's really cool because you're just in the chat answering questions for for our community. So sorry, I I'm you know, uh, gloating. Go, go ahead. No, no, it's 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 excellent. Um, so this is something I I kind of get torn on myself. Oh, NTA. Yeah, um, we have two TA guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could probably do with some of that myself, to be honest. <laughs> Given the past few trades that I've been in in, in exiting, um, so this is something I've been torn on myself. I mean, we have the Discord; that's free. I don't think it's as extensive as as yours. There's an awful lot of good, good shit in there, but um, and then I kind of have a paywall for content, just my kind of thoughts and uh, the kind of portfolio and things like that behind it. Um, one, it's primarily because I don't want the full world to see <laughs> what I'm holding, but I, I know it benefits some other people to see kind of movements and how I kind of navigate markets. But um, I was kind of torn on the idea of, of a Patreon at first. And then the more I kind of dug into it, I was like, I don't think there's primarily don't an issue. I've, I don't think there's primarily an issue for charging mm. for a, a good service. And I think what gets the where the line gets blurred is you have complete and utter scammers out there that are primarily just there. They'll probably post um, a 10x leverage long and show you a profit and loss, but they'll also have like a 10x leverage short on at the same time. So, right. <laughs> and like, look at me, I'm amazing. And I think that's a real issue. Um, but when you have a, a service as such extensive and adding infinitely more value than the cost of what you guys are doing. Um, I think that's completely net positive for the space. And I don't, I don't understand where like some of the old kind of guard get into it and just think, well, people shouldn't be doing that. That's all well and good. If you got bought Bitcoin at a hundred dollars <laughs> and you sat on like a yacht somewhere, but when you're actually adding services, these, these, this, this sort of stuff, what you're doing with discord 
this hasn't been around before. Like this extensive kind of um, complete active community around trying to help everyone out and share kind of knowledge and hopefully help people get better and hopefully set people on a course to complete financial freedom. That service is, is not been there before. You can't exactly do that through a website. It has to come from like this whole Discord commerce thing that's going on. So I think what you guys are doing is is exceptional and I'd completely encourage everyone to go and check it out. As you say, you've got the you've got the free service. You can go and check that out. But if you want to get really into the nitty-gritty, just go and invest in yourself. Just go and go in like whatever it is a month. Like it's it's not an awful lot of money. Um, and I guarantee you, you should be you should be t- returning returns, or even just increasing your understanding of how this space works, and then in turn, um, you should set yourself up for greener pastures in the future. In my opinion, right now, I mean, uh, <clears throat> thanks for sort of leading me into a, a pitch. Uh, right now, until the end <laughs> of August, we're we're offering this sort of like promotional launch pass thing. Uh, so moving from Discord to, to LaunchPass. LaunchPass has lower fees. It manages Discord way better. It's super simple. You just jump in, you add your uh, card number, and you're in. Like It's it's very, very, very uh, straightforward. So with the LaunchPass, because we're moving over to it, we're, we're doing this big promotion. Until the 5th of August, you can join at $15 a month. You also get a free month to try it out. If you don't like it, you can leave and never pay a single thing. Uh, and you can you lock that in for at least a year. So um, on the 5th, we're going to move it back to the original rate, which is $25 a month uh, in sort of perpetuity. Um, you'll still get the, the free trial month. But right now, if you, if you go there before the 5th of uh, August, you will get $15 a month and you'll lock that rate in. So um, yeah, exactly. Right there. Launch pass. Uh, and if you so, click on the video, you can watch more about it. Go ahead. Uh, how, how's launch pass work? Is it is it like a um, Discord plugin or something? Or Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it connects to Discord. So like, you know, email card number, uh, that's it. Like that's all you have to do. And then it'll connect to your discord. Uh, you send discord bot, uh, like a, a launchpad, bot, <laughs> a, a key that Launchpass gives you, and then you're in, you have all the permissions, all the premium contents there for you. Uh, you're done. It's way more streamlined than Patreon. Um, and it, it funnels everything into the discord, which is mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's where I want all the content to live. Um, so I'm still posting everything on Patreon for the patrons because I don't want them to miss out on anything, but I am encouraging them to move over to LaunchPass uh, so that we can do everything in the Discord because I really want to focus all my energy there uh, and really, you know, make it a place that I'm proud of. Yeah, that seems like a good move. Um, what about crypto payments? Awful lot of people don't like getting their credit card out these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I accept. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, I accept stables. So, you know, if you pay in stables, you get a uh, 15% discount. Um, but you have to pay for a year uh, that way. Because I, I have to literally remove you or add you every single month until yeah. you repay. And so I, I can do that in, in a year's time because it's not too much hassle. Uh, but if you pay for a year, it's, it's $204 for a year if you pay in crypto. So... Uh, to do that, just send me a DM on Twitter, send me a DM in Discord, um, you know, however you find me, and, and we can set that up. Perfect. That's great. What about, right, if we're talking specific projects, is there anything that you've kind of, don't want to divulge, but you're going to have to divulge now, is there anything that you really like on the market at the minute? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, so I'm interested in in incentive programs because effectively that's what I call PVE, you know, player versus environment. Mm. Uh, these big foundations say, here's a bunch of free money, come to our chain and, and provide liquidity and farm this stuff. Um, and you can certainly get burnt if you, if you do it in the wrong way or if you don't understand what's going on. But like optimistic Ethereum right now is doing a lot of incentives. Uh, Near and Aurora still doing a lot of incentives, um, maybe sort of winding down a little bit. Uh, but like we're, we're sort of chasing those things. Um, Velodrome has had a really good run. It's a uh, solidly fork. And while adding the LP uh, may be a difficult and not intuitive, I'm going to do a video on that soon. Um, the yields are pretty good. I think most stablecoin yields on Velodrome are still above 13, 14%, up to maybe even in the 30s of percents. And they have been so for about a month now. So that's pretty good. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Definitely looking at, uh, there's also synthetics. So there's a cool thing you can do with synthetics where you like stake your synthetics, you get SUSD as a receipt. And there's a website you can go on to hedge your SUSD, uh, which is really neat. And I forget the name of it, but I'm sure someone in the comments or something will post it. Uh, there's, there are a lot of cool things out there. We're also looking into like perpetual protocol as another protocol that has uh, really interesting funding rates. I don't know if, if you guys know, but on Perpetual Protocol, like you get paid about 40% APR to be long on Atom, uh, as an example. And so like, just, we're lots out there just looking at stuff. I know, lots of interesting stuff, exactly. Uh, yeah, so there, I mean, again, Radiant is, is neat. Uh, I, I will say, you know, be careful with the looping on there. Um, mm -hmm. and I'll do a video on this soon as well. Uh, it's a new protocol. It's, it's cool that it's like a, an omni chain money market. I don't know if you've checked it out. It launched yesterday. I, I think uh, I'm speaking to these guys after this call. <laughs> oh, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so basically like you deposit your, your assets on Arbitrum as collateral and you can borrow against them on other chains and it works already. Like it's nice. already functional. And I, I believe they use a uh, star. Oh, what is it? Stargate. With the name of it? Stargate. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. They use Stargate as their, as their sort of like settlement L zero and it, it's really cool. Um, but, but I just hope everyone understands that a lot of the yields and incentives on there right now are in the proprietary token, which means future sell pressure. So just understand mm -hmm. like that token is going to have a lot of future sell pressure down the road. Uh, and if you loop a lot, then the yield that you're seeing, which might be like 300% on that loop, uh, that's going to be like 95% from their, actually it's hundred percent from the asset because you're net negative on the underlying assets. So mm -hmm. if you don't do anything, your LTV is actually increasing over time even though you're getting paid an absurd amount in their proprietary token. So you know, just just learn tokenomics. Uh, if you don't like my Discord, find another Discord. Find a place to talk to people about things before you invest. Like that's all I'm asking you, know, you guys uh, <laughs> to do because then you'll understand risks and you'll have some other brains and hive minds generally perform better than you know, a single person uh, fumbling about in, in the ethos or, you know. Yeah, 100%. The... Um... Is, was the issue that people are running into on Velodrome the deposit but don't stake LP issue? <laughs> if you want to go and kind of... It could be that they deposit or don't stake or that they, they don't understand the ratios beforehand. Uh, so that mm. like, they, they go in there thinking, you know, 50% AlUSD, 50% USDC. And then they, they spend all this money getting the 50% ratios and then realize that, oh, you, that's not what they want. They want like a 45%, 55% or something different like that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there, there's a few additional steps that exist on Velodrome that wouldn't exist on your regular, you know, sushi swap LP or something. Uh, and so, you know, the job is to make that intuitive. 
I think what we I think what we're gonna see, which I'll be interested to see how we can take advantage of this in in the coming months, is there's gonna be a lot more innovative ways for protocols to allow people to deploy liquidity. I know there's Trader Joe are about to release a new AM, AMM. God knows what those guys have been up to. They they seem to think outside the box all the time. So um I don't think we've really seen what was capable on in the retail markets with Uni V3. Um, and I do also hear murmurs under the surface. Not that I can't really go too much into it, but there's an awful lot of protocols that I think and trying to think outside the box with um, liquidity on um, decentralized exchange. So I, I think there will be a way. I just don't know it yet. I'm pretty sure there will be incentives for these protocols to be used and for people to go over there and try them out. But um, again, just as I was saying earlier, first time you deploy liquidity, it might be in Uniswap, 50-50 LP, there you go, set, all said and done. Right. That game's going to be changed. Very. That, that, that's going to be long gone in like six months. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's all going to change. So it's kind of, as you say, what, you, what you're doing is you're being consistent with the content, which is, is do you find that hard or do you find, think it's easy because it's something you enjoy doing? Both, you know, like some days I'll, I'll be posting a lot of stuff that's not public, and then I'll be like, "Oh God, I got to catch up on the public stuff." And then on public weeks, I'm like, "Ah, I'm I'm neglecting my my." So, uh, that's hard. That that really is hard balancing that, and you know, I, I'm getting down to like a okay specific days of the week I'm doing this, specific days of the week I'm doing that, and trying to stick to that as best I can. Um, just like piggybacking off of your liquidity thing. I still do think there's like a DeFi 3.0 narrative. Like there are still liquidity issues to be addressed. And oh man, I can't remember the name of the protocol. Um, starts with an R, but effectively it's an order book DEX, uh, which I like because then you have money makers or sorry, market makers who are sort of making sure that the swaps are are as close to they as close as they should be uh, to like the pegs of the assets or the oracles of the assets, and it's a little bit more centralized because you have uh, market makers, but the benefit of this is that you have single side liquidity provision instead of doing LPs. And mm-hmm. I think that one, people want to be single side in the first place. No one want, no one, no one wants to be in like an ETH USDC LP, no matter how much they say they like that. You don't want it. No one likes impermanent loss. So if you can do single side LPing, or sorry, single side liquidity provision, I'll say not liquidity pooling, uh, but single side liquidity provision on an order book DEX or something like that, uh, and then, you know, you have maybe an automated, uh, market maker that doesn't use LPs, but can, can market make from just single side liquidity provision. Uh, then that would be amazing. I think that's, that's the future. If we can get there, that would be awesome. Um, especially if you, I mean, even like 5% on just Ethereum, people would do that. People pour, you know, look at, uh, Lido, right. They're doing four point something yield and there's, there's tons of money in that. So. Um, I am looking forward to that. Uh, the one I'm thinking about is an optimism if someone wants to find it someday. But I'm hopeful that, yeah. that things like that will innovate uh, because I, there are research papers out there showing that the majority of Uniswap V3 liquidity providers um, are unprofitable. And that doesn't surprise me because uh, it's a complicated mechanism. And even the ones that try to automate it, like uh, Popsicle, still have issues trying to make them profitable. So... Yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of those, well, it's, it says a lot that it, it shows kind of how complicated it is that there has to be projects built on top of it to actually make it intuitive or useful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully there's some opportunities for us there. <laughs> Have you seen anything about these NFT AMMs that are on the horizon? 
Oh, uh, you mean like you, you take your LP and, and if you get it as an LP or I forget the, the type of token it is, but tokenized LPs? Uh, so there was, there was Visor who did that, I think, mm -hmm. but I, I was, I was more saying, um, trying to create more liquidity in NFT markets by having this like NFT fi structure. So pseudo swapper doing this, these crazy things. And I think we'll see an awful lot of fuckery that goes on there, but <laughs> I think it might be interesting to pay attention to, um, that's kind of where I've been looking at. I don't, I don't fully understand it just yet, but um, oh, you said you've got your charge room now. I've got my little dog coming in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, is, there, is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners and viewers with? I mean, we can put all the um, descriptions in the show notes and everything. Is, is there any final points on, on the Discord or the Patreon or the... What's what's the new what's the new pass called? Launch pass. A launch pass. Yeah. Is there any um, additional final thoughts? Any additional final thoughts? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean I just want people to get educated. So you know, mm -hmm. as long as we're doing that, I'm super happy. Um, there are a lot of good discords out there, and whatever whatever you're interested in, go and find go and find a home. Right. Uh, go and find a place where you can hang out with people, ask them questions, discuss things, get smarter. Uh, it doesn't have to be the DeFi Dojo. Bourbon and Blockchain has a, has a good one. They do a lot of OPSEC stuff. Um, you know, the Assassins do TA stuff. We do TA too. But uh, yeah, just find your home in DeFi because the greatest asset, in my, in my opinion, uh, is going to be the community that you're a part of. And uh, it's going to make you smarter, make you faster, going to expose you to a lot of, uh, you know, opportunities. And yeah, I don't know. I recommend mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I 100% agree. The um, the amount of people that strongly uphold the narrative of find, find your team, find your crew, those guys are going to kind of see you. And it's, it's, it's not even, well, it, obviously it helps when we're in great times, the markets are, market are doing their thing and everyone, everyone's happy. But it also comes down to like, as, as we were saying about maybe the markets tend to shit or there's been an exploit or, you know, there's, it's, it's a strange thing for people from the outside to think about, but you do kind of get to know these people extremely well. And it's like, there's a camaraderie in there and you, there's internal jokes and there's, and there's all that kind of stuff that goes on. So when there, when there are like a little bit harder times, like, um it's it's a good kind of place to hang out and just you know <laughs> there's people there that have, we've also if you've been rugged together i mean <laughs> it's a bonding experience right there isn't it he made there his way is. and he broke the way defenses <laughs> but yeah you're right you should also have a place where you can commiserate and then you know talk to people and, and you know vent and uh feel like you're not gonna get yelled at <laughs> okay i'll let you go and do that, that duties and um <laughs> thanks again for your time i re really really appreciate it and everyone i really encourage you to go and check out the discord um and obviously you steven's youtubers uh, in my opinion one of the first protocols to go to learn about um this space so go and check that out as well, well leave all that in the description and yeah thanks again steven really appreciate it thanks so much it's been a pleasure no problem all right, thanks everyone. Um, do all that YouTube stuff, like like and subscribe. We're trying to trying to grow the channel. There's a few uh, big channels out there that are a little bit 
biased when they're doing their interviews, so we want to try and knock those guys off the perch. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks everyone.